Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murren, and I'm the host of the podcast. Now, everyone knows that Strong Style is one of the most reputable gyms in the state of Ohio, and I haven't really had many athletes from the fight team on the show, so I'm happy to change that right now here with episode 48. This mixed martial artist made his pro debut on September 9th at Cage Thunder 23 and won via split decision. You may have heard from him on Forge in Ohio's Cage Thunder 23 Pro weigh-in show. He had an exciting amateur career, and I'm sure he's got a great backstory as well. It's the one and only Walter Scotty Cy Savane. Thanks for coming on the show, Walter, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Thank you, Jake. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do this. My first uh, ever interview outside of a fight. Yeah, I can't believe that with your amateur career and I that 10 minute conversation we had at that Cage Thunder 23 Pro weigh-ins, you have a very entertaining personality. So I can't believe you haven't done one of these before. Yeah, man. I mean, sucks for them, but lucky you, right? <laughs> yes, I suppose so. Fortunately, I will take it all day. Uh let's talk about that pro debut win right away, man. How good does it feel to now be an undefeated professional mixed martial artist? Um, it feels really good, you know. I was, I'm just happy to kind of finally be at this level. It was kind of a testament to all the training that um that I've been putting in, just all the work throughout the just the ten year journey that I've been on. You know, really, it was remarkable for me because my cousin was the one who brought me to MMA, and he never made it to. Uh, to see his pro debut, you know, he fought in NAAFS. His name was Emmanuel Kanga. Is Emmanuel Kanga still alive? But um, yeah. So it was like that. That was like a really big milestone for me, you know. And um, everybody was kind of emphasizing like, hey, like you gotta you you gotta start off your pro career with a win, you know. It'll put you in a good position. So it was kind of important for me to. Go ahead and make sure I secure the victory. Plus, I don't like to lose anyway. Was there extra, like, emotions going into this pro debut because of that with your cousin? I wouldn't say so, no. I think um, I I did kind of look at it as another fight. I was actually a little more excited, you know, to to make make the debut just because, like, as an amateur, I was so limited to kind of just like punches and uppercuts and stuff. I couldn't really throw knees that much, knees to the face, you know, elbows and like uh, head kicks, you know, and those are all things like I really like to do, you know. So I think um, even though I didn't get to fully showcase all of my skills, I think I was just more excited, you know, over any of the emotion that I felt, you know. Right. I know the fight was earlier this month, but how long did it take for you to come down from that high of winning your pro debut? Dude, uh, to be honest, I wasn't even happy with it at mm. first, you know? Yeah, it. Uh, I was actually pretty disappointed, you know, um, and everybody was like, everybody else was hype around me, you know? Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like I performed to the best of my capabilities, you know, and I didn't like just not getting the finish, you know. I just, I think I had more expectations for myself, 
And once I reviewed the footage on Sunday, one of my friends had recorded the entirety of every round. Um, once I reviewed the footage, I'm like, okay, I actually did good, you know? So I didn't actually have a high of winning. So, yeah. When you look back at the fight, how would you overall just grade your performance out there in the pro debut? Oh, man, I'd give, my, I'd give myself, like, C plus B minus, you know, it was just could have been more active, you know, definitely more active. I, de- I think if I would have just been a little bit busier on the feet, I would have got him out of there. Um, more spatial, you know, just um, over committing sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Gave him the opportunity to be able to shoot up under my punches and stuff like that. So, yeah, just and, and a few other things I won't. I won't put out there because uh, I know somebody will be watching. Yeah, does it give you, I don't know, any confidence maybe that you picked up those those lessons, those learning lessons from your pro debut and that you can apply that moving forward and you got away with the win, so now you can really develop your game even further as a pro? For sure, for sure. It was a good test at the end of the day. And, yeah, it, just like you said, um, I can – you know, kind of sharpen those tools, sharpen those areas, sharpen myself up in those areas and show up next time, you know. And um, I like that I had this type of opponent because he was pretty tough, um, super strong. And he was playing the intimidation game, but it's like, dude, we about to fucking fight, bro. Like, we about to, as soon as the ref says we can fight, you can do whatever you want to me. Whatever's going on in your head, like, you can do it, you know, so... I am glad I had this type of experience. And then, you know, moving forward to my next one, I can apply it then. Yeah, I asked you about your opponent, David Richardson, before the fight, and you said that he looked like he ate a ton of bricks. How difficult was it to navigate your way to a decision victory when dealing with a guy who has that type of physique out there? Damn. So here's the thing, right? (laughs) So the, the guy is strong, right? Like, uh... There was once, right, I hit him so flush on the chin with a knee because he was shooting for for a shot. And (laughs) he just blasted through it, bro. I'm like, like, yo, this dude, (laughs) this dude really eat bricks for breakfast, man, because, like, he just, he ate the knee. He did, he felt it, but, like, I think the adrenaline just, um, just overtook it but yeah I think he, he definitely was as strong as he looked but nothing I haven't felt before you know wasn't anything that made me be like oh snap like I'm I'm in for a long night like no I honestly like him and Chase have similar strength you know what I'm saying and Chase isn't built like him you know but the technique and stuff like that like his lack of technique and you know the skill level that Chase has, it kind of was like on the even playing field. So it just was like, uh. and he didn't really hit that hard. He hit me once and that was it. And like when he punched me, cause he, he punched and shot at the same time. And um, I'm just like, that's it. Like he's big as hell for no reason, man. You know? So it is what it is, but it looked good though. People, Everybody said the same thing, like, damn, man, dude, big as hell, big as hell. Even before the fight, everybody was like, dude, man, he looks serious. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> it was so funny, man. It was funny. 
Yeah, so I was going to ask you if anything it came as a surprise to you in the cage, whether it was something personally that you did or something that Richardson did. Maybe his toughness was one of those things that maybe caught you by surprise in there. Hmm. By surprise. No, uh, nothing really. He didn't he he didn't surprise me with anything. Um I kind of I didn't underestimate him. A lot of people thought that he can't box this and that. Like when I studied him, I, I saw that he improved a lot, you know, between every fight. And he's he's a very, very active, very busy fighter. But um, like uh, every time when I watched like his fights in chronological order, I did see progression. So I knew that the fighter that fought back in February or first quarter 2023 isn't the same fighter that was going to show up. September 9th, you know, I knew he was going to be a little bit busier. I think um, just him not being busy on the ground, I, I think I expected him to kind of just be a little more busy on the ground. But I think he understood that as soon as he gave me space, like I was out of there, you know, and that's just what it was. But besides that, like, again, every the only surprises were the ones on my end, you know, just not being as busy as I should have been and, you know, just over committing a little bit. And then those other things, you know, that I, that we wrote down in our playbook, you know? Yeah. And one thing we talked about before the fight as well was your advantages in height and reach in that fight. How much did that come into play for you? Just managing range there in the fight. Could have used it better. Could have used it a lot better. I'm my best when I'm calm. You know, I was pretty calm. But there were some instances where he was like, he was like, yeah, come on, let's like, he was acting like he kind of wanted to box with me, you know, he like, yeah, what's up? Like, I'm like, bro, like, all right, come on, let's, let's do this then, you know? And then my coach, like, my coach was like, hey, no, don't play this game. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, all right, let me stop bullshitting, like, you know? But, um, yeah, the height and reach. It played it played it played a decent factor, but I had to put pressure on him, you know, because that's I know he wanted to shoot, but I wanted that was that was just part of my game plan. Like I gotta put the pressure on him, you know. I can fight on the back foot really good. Here in training, like the way I fight, the way I fought September 9th, it's not how I fight here in training. Like these guys put me on the back foot all night long bro it's it's completely different but i knew that i had to walk him down and yeah there's just a lot more improvements i need to make though in order to kind of use those long weapons you know a little more right well at the end of the day you won via split decision and the dissenting judge had it 30 27 for your opponent you also had a 30 27 scorecard in your favor do you think you did enough in there to win? And what do you think of that dissenting judge giving it 30-27 to Richardson? It was crazy. It was crazy because what what did he do? He didn't inflict any damage, you know. And, like, he he secured one takedown per round, you know. Only the third round is when he secured two, you know, back to back. But what did he do with the takedowns? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? He didn't. He, and that's kind of what pissed me off, you know, just having the judges, giving the judges a chance to have an opinion, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the better fighter. I'm glad I got the win, but I wanted to showcase that I'm actually on a whole nother level, you know. But it is what it is, man. That's what happens when you give it to the judges, bro. Anything can happen. Anything. 
everything earned nothing given was something you said in the cage after the win and echoed on social media afterward why that particular statement after the the pro debut performance brother because uh what we do here is so hard you know what i'm saying it's hard work and i got the win and it was earned you know what i'm saying from the blood sweat I didn't cry, so no tears, but the blood and all the sweat that I poured in here in the gym on the mats and all the time that I've invested to get there, you know, and then to, you know, implement the game plan and to win, like, a lot of sacrifices were made and everything. A lot of people just don't understand that. They just see you on one night for 15 minutes or nine minutes if you're an amateur, but people don't be understanding that. And so, like... Yeah, I got the win. It should have been more decisive. It should have been unanimous. It should have been a finish. But at the end of the day, I got the win. And that's just what it is. Like, everything was earned. It's it's been too much work, too much hard work being put in. Like, right now, I just came from work. You know, I have a small business. We do construction and stuff like that. Take a break in the middle of my day. I come up to the gym. I train. I go back to work. I go home, eat come back to practice at nighttime. I train with the team then, you know, and then I go home at night. So my life has been like this for the last six years. You know what I'm saying? Just just straight training, you know, since I walked in the strong style. So, I, and I think the initial, I think the initial uh, frustration and stuff came from, like, I have some stuff in my past with my father and stuff. He said some stuff that kind of like made me feel um, like I always needed to finish people. Because he said, like, hey, like, only the guys who are built for this are people like Mike Tyson, who can come in and just knock people out. You know what I'm saying? And I told him, like, no, nah, bro, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I'm the one doing this sport, not you. You know what I'm saying? But at, since then, like, it always resonated with me. Like, a win doesn't feel like a win unless it's been finished, you know? And then when the announce when, when I was um, – declared the winner like I knew I was the winner already so I raised my hand and then the ref raised my hand but there was a camera guy that was in front of me he was in the ring and he shook his head you know because I was facing him you know he shook his head I'm not sure if he was the pay-per-view camera guy or if he was the one recording but when he shook his head it bothered me because his perception was what I felt like the, the whole place's perception was you know which it wasn't but i think that initially kind of like started that it triggered you know that disappointment right away yeah i appreciate you opening it up here on forge in ohio man um just a couple questions about like your day-to-day and going through that grueling process of work gym home gym again like do you have your days where it's kind of hard to get up in the morning and how do you overcome that mentally of trying to pursue this career and life as a mixed martial artist Today is one of them days. Today is definitely days, but you get up, you put one foot in front of the other, and, you, you know, as men, um, my aunt used to tell me when I was little, um, a man got to do what a man got to do. She'd make me repeat that, and I never knew what it meant. I would just be saying it, you know, but um, as it's so true. It's, it, it, it rings true to this day. Like, you get up, you put one foot in front of the other, you smile, you just get the job done because you feel better when you go to bed at night knowing that you accomplished something today you know and the days where you don't want 
to go or the days where you don't want to do things are the days you improve the most. Those are the days, like, you do your best, you know, and I've seen that time and time and time again. So I think it just comes with consistency, man. Once you're just already consistent, you build good habits. It's just hard to break them, you know. It's I, I can't not come to the gym. I can't not go to work, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's if even if I don't feel like it, if I'm at home, I feel out of place, you know. I feel like, oh, I, I should be doing something. You know, so that's kind of where it stems from. Yeah, I love that insight. And I love talking about the mental aspect of this sport with fighters on Forge in Ohio, because I know personally, I don't have that mental fortitude that you guys do going in there, stepping in the cage, yet alone putting in camp after camp and doing what you guys do. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for what you guys do. Talking about strong style a little bit, though, you mentioned that as well. You're only one of a handful of fighters, I think, that I've had on the show. And at Cage Thunder 23, it was a pretty special night for you, but also for the fight team going 3-0. and How exciting was that competing alongside your teammates and especially going undefeated on the night? People don't understand, man. Um, when your teammates fight, you're just as nervous as your own fight. That's how stressful it is because... We just we put the work in together. We see each other every day. You know what I'm saying? These guys are really a part of my life. You know what I'm saying? We are a family. When things happen, we're there for each other. Weddings, deaths, birthdays, holidays, cookouts, whatever it is. So you care about this person, and you care about what they care about. So when they go out there and succeed, you're just as happy. I mean, if you have a, if you have a fucking heart, then you're happy. For them, just as much as you'd be happy for yourself because you just, you know, this is what they wanted. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Nico. Shout out to Miles. You know, they, they did their thing out there. Nico was kind of having the same sentiment as me where he wasn't as happy, you know, but it is what it is, man. You sit back and when you reflect on the footage, you're like, okay, I've improved in certain areas. I followed the game plan in certain areas. So you know that you listen well, you know what I'm saying? And Miles was the best person for me to have this camp with because Miles, I've been training with Miles since I actually started here at Strong Style. So since I was zero fights in, like, Miles already had like five or six at that time as an amateur. So since then, like, we've been training together. But um, there was a time where he took a break and he wasn't training or whatever. And then he came back and just became a, became a dog, top dog, for real. When he went pro, he started coming up. He started coming back up to strong style again. And he told me, I think this was before he fought for B2. And that's when I was, that's when I got the notification that I was going to be turning pro soon. Um, my coaches gave me the okay. He said, uh, hey, here's what you need to do. You, you got to do A, B, and C. And, bro, the biggest thing you got to do is you got to fucking go crazy on your conditioning, man. Like, you just got to go crazy, hit that wall early so that once you get in there, anything happens, you're ready for it. You know what I'm saying? He gave me so much good advice. Like, I listen to Miles a lot. You know what I'm saying? Then when we're in the back, I'm just, it's it's like he went into, like, big brother mode in a way. You know, he's just, like, he watching me. I'm, I'm like, stoic as hell, just 
just staring off into space. He's like, hey, man, you about to do what you love to do. You know, we get to beat people's asses, bro. You know, he jumping around and shit. It's different if you're not fighting, you know, that night. Like, yeah, you're my teammate, but you're not about to fight. So, of course, you you in a good mood. You ain't about to get punched. He about to get punched after I get punched, though. So, it's like, okay, like, but you jolly, you happy, you moving around, you you cool. I'm like, damn, man. He just, every, he just kept talking to me. Just little shit, just little shit to me. Little shit just kept me, kept my mind at ease. And... I, I thank him a lot. You know what I'm saying? We cut our we cut weight together and everything. Like the entire time we 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 did this camp together. And so and Miles is stronger than Richardson. He's in a weight class under Miles is actually yeah. stronger than so yeah, I was um it was it was just it was it's just it was just a blessed night altogether. You know, I'm glad we went three and zero that night, man. It was it was a good night. Yeah, and you, you talk about having Miles as a teammate, and he's talked on Forge in Ohio a ton about finding deep waters and pushing yourself. How much has he done that for you in your career? Fuck, man, shit. If we just talk about the physical aspect, like, bro, he's he's on top of you. Miles is he's in your face. He's pushing the pace. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you can tell he's just going in like 70%, 80%. Like, he's not – we finished the round, he's not out of breath. I catch him with something good, like, he gets up quick, and he's on. He's right back on you and puts you on your ass right away. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, like, he, he's got the wrestling. He's got the hands. He, he's got the fucking power, like – Man, you know, Miles is a scary dude, and um, I'm just happy to have him as a training partner and not as an opponent, you know. I still do my thing, though, but I, I, I would never – I'm talking shit. I'm talking – but I am happy to just have him as a training partner just because he's able to push the pace so good. But then after that, like, the mindset behind it, you know, what he's able to just tell you, you know what I'm saying – so you can comprehend, like, it's just great. Him and AJ, like, them two is, like, the best, bro, for real. Yeah, and you have experience cornering AJ, right, in the UFC? Yeah, man, shoot. That was, that was, <laughs> shit. I'm lost for words, man. That was, like, the best time of my life. Like, being at a UFC event, shook Dana's hand, yo, like, you watch UFC on TV, but being there, oh, man, it's a whole nother level of things. Like, these, like, those guys are really good. Like, they're there for a reason. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting K-side coaching AJ, and mentally, the guys are, like, they're smarter. You know what I'm saying? Than the regional local level guys. It's just, I, I'm, you know, I'm just like, damn, like, that shit and AJ is a beast. Like for AJ to be at his level and for them to go to a decision, I'm like, yeah, that guy is super good, you know. But um, watching how AJ cut his way as a professional, you know, all I'm saying, watching how strong he still was, um, the day before his weight cut, I mean, his final weight cut, his mindset, his mood, all that stuff. Just being up close and personal with the guy was just. It, it it motivated me and 
it made me concentrate. It made me focus. It just it put me on like a different level of things when I when I went out there with AJ man because I respect him too like like a big bro for real for real you know and just seeing how he locked in he zoned in he didn't talk to anybody mom girlfriend nobody the day of his fight until after he fought he and and the night before like our managers was like hey come down to uh the restaurant all the fighters that are that are signed to iridium uh, we all went our manager took us out to eat aj is like nah bro i gotta lock in i'll see you guys tomorrow you know what i'm saying and he, he just sat in the locker room i mean he sat in this hotel until it was time for the fight that's how long he locked himself in there bro yes yeah, it sounds like you learned a lot from that experience, but I got to ask that handshake with the boss man, Dana White. What was that conversation like? Ooh, it was quick. <laughs> it was yeah. brief, but uh, I wanted to make sure that when he sees me again, it's a face that he recognizes. You know what I'm saying? It was when AJ won his fight. Um, Dana stood up, he clapped, you know, and um, we were walking out and I shook his hand and I'm like, hey, I'll be seeing you soon. You know, and he laughed and he's like, okay, you know, and um, I'm like, all right. So um, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, he recognizes my face when it's time to get on that contender series. Yes, sir, man. Talking to Walter Scotty Sysevain on Forged in Ohio. You know, I usually start these by talking about the fighter's story, but I wanted to dive right into that pro debut win and strong style. So how did this journey get started for you, and how did you end up finding mixed martial arts? Mixed martial arts, man. So I'll give you the quick version. Sure. Um, I was a hard time and just getting into a lot of trouble. She was going through a divorce, so obviously that affected me and everybody in my household. So I kind of just started acting out on that. And my cousin, Emmanuel, he obviously was a fighter for NAAFS. He fought for that association multiple times. So she called him, and she's like, hey, like I need your help. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, okay, Auntie, I got you. Came, picked me up. He's like, hey, you want to go to the gym with me? I'm like, sure, whatever. And so we go to the gym. He's like, hey, put these gloves on. Put the gloves on. And, like, he just starts whooping my ass, man, like crazy. You know what I'm saying? There's, like, an eight-year age gap between us. So he's just he's just beating on me, you know. But, um, I, I like, I was, I, was, I was fighting good, good, you know. And then uh, I, I hit him up the next day, like, hey, we going again? You know, and I just, you know, like, He's like, what the fuck? So he kept coming to pick me up. And um, I, I lost focus for a little bit, you know, and um, he ended up getting married, moving to California. And I got in, I was starting to get back into trouble again. Um, I did like a month in county jail. I had picked up some charges and like my mom was just crying over the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you, you got to stop. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're thinking, what you're doing, but you got to stop. So, and then there was a time where, like, my cousin, me and, like, a cousin of mine, we got in, we got into it real bad to the point where, like, it, it, it got pretty, it, it got pretty ugly. I'll just say that. And, like, it was in front of his parents and stuff. And so I, I had to think, like, damn, man, I got all this chaos going on in my life. Like, what's missing? I'm like, man, I got to get away from this. So... I hit up my cousin, and I was actually on my way to, uh, there's a gym 
evolve. I was on my way to evolve. And I told my cousin, like, hey, cuz, you know what I'm saying? Um, sorry I let you down, but I'm going to pick MMA back up. And um, I'm actually headed down to Evolve right now. Thankfully, I made that call because Evolve was like in Macedonia or somewhere far as hell. I made that call while I was on the freeway. He's like, hey, no, I'm going to tell you about this other gym. I think it's better fit, you know, for you. You should go there. I'm like, okay. And that was Strong Style. So I didn't know shit about Strong Style. I didn't know shit about Estipe. I didn't know shit about anybody. So I walked in here January 7th, 2017, and never looked back. Yeah, that's incredible, man. So the the turning point in your story, it sounds like when you spent that time in, in, in jail, right? And then kind of turned everything around, it sounds like. Yeah, hell yeah, man. All of, all off of a mother's love, man. It works. Yep. And then when yeah. you first arrive at Strong Style, what were your impressions? You know, you didn't know Stipe, then you meet him, I'm sure. Like, what was the atmosphere like when you first got there? It was crazy, man. Like, life aligns itself perfectly for you. When it's time, like, God will open doors for you. You know, I walk into Strong Style, there's, it's, there's like, open spawn for some odd reason today. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. You know, I, but I thought this was normal. So I walk in. <laughs> I walk in. I had some gear, but I used to I used to wear, like, sweaters and jogging pants to spar. So come in. I'm sparring different guys. Uh, spar like a football player. There was this one guy, 6'8", 250 pounds, Yvonne Drago. This dude was knocking, like, beating my ass. I sparred Alexa camera i actually took him down he he put me in a fucking triangle quick as hell and he's whooping my ass door uh darian peterson dp um i sparred a lot of guys that day but i actually had some footage from then so somebody was recording and when i like at the end of one round i got dropped at the end of the last round i got dropped by like the yvonne drago dude and I jumped right up. But you see Marcus watching the entire round in the back, like my coach. You see, you see him watching me, and the floor is full of people. But he's just watching me. And then, like, I, I get dropped. I stand up. He comes over. And he's like, you, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go again. He's like, hmm, all right. And then you can see him watching me, you know. And, you know, practice was over. So, yeah, it, it's just like. It was perfect, you know. I'm like, oh yeah, I like this gym. I want to go back, you know what I'm saying? And what I wanted, I wanted to, oh, I just keep proving myself, just keep proving myself, you know. And it just became mindless. It was, it's like it's, it was somewhere to be every day. It wasn't like I'm, I'm not here to work out, pump iron. I'm here, like it's a different world. You forget about everything, everything when you're here. And I didn't notice that, but subconsciously, I experienced it every time. So, yeah, that's that's just the experience. And then Stipe, I learned about Stipe, I think, because uh, I, I first saw him when he wasn't champ. He was in the UFC, but he spoke at an NAAFS event before. When I saw him for the first time, I'm like, damn, that's a big-ass white boy, bro. He, like, like, his legs are thick up top, like, 
even today, still, when you look at Stipe, like, physically, he's just, like, he's, he's just a specimen, bro. You know what I'm saying? Has, like, he's just built perfect. You know what I'm saying? And, like, if you were to fight this guy on the street, like, bro, he'd be, like, problems. You know what I'm saying? Just looking at him, you can tell, like, yeah, he's, he's problems for sure. So, we started sparring. I think, like, once I got onto the fight team, eight months in, like, I started sparring Stipe and shit. Broke my nose right away. Yep, him. And then it healed. Alexa broke it again. They was fucking my shit up, man. Yeah. Man. But since then, I started little by little getting my licks back. Little by little. Man, yeah, I could eat up these gym stories all day, man. But, you know, it sounds like you've had a relationship with mixed martial arts since you started. Sometimes you were like fully in and other times you were a little bit out. So did you have a moment and I'm sure it came in your amateur career, maybe when you first joined Strong Style, where you felt like this was without a doubt what you wanted to do in life? I think when I first started, man, once I once I had my first dub, I just loved the training camp. And just getting ready for the fights, man. And every time I smoke and get high, like, I don't smoke anymore. But when I used to, I'd, I'd be like, damn, like, bro, I'm in good shape, bro. I'm a fighter. Like, this is me. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy. I think it really settled in once I won my amateur title. Once I won that amateur. No, actually, no. When I won the Golden Gloves Championship. When I won that Golden Gloves championship um, for Cle- out of Cleveland, I'm like, hmm. I'm like, I like this, man. I'm actually, I'm actually better than I thought. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't pick myself to win that 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 uh, that tournament. You know, and I was decently surprised that I did. So, um, yeah. After that, I'm like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. You know. If I had told the Walter Scotty Cy Savane when you were at your lowest point in your journey before your amateur debut that you would have gone on to have a 5-1 and one amateur record with that middleweight title when your pro debut, would you have believed all this was in the cards for you? No, I, I wasn't even, um, uh, my mindset wasn't even here, really, you know. I'd be very surprised, you know, but... uh I always knew I had it in me. I always knew I was a better fighter than a lot of people that I watched. Like, I was—I uh, used to do karate when I was a kid. When I first came from Africa, like, just I always was in some sort of martial arts. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I always had it in me, but the confidence was lacking. You know what I'm saying? I—I I just. Nah, I, I would have never thought that. But you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. I, you know. Because I, I knew I had, had something in me, though. You know, that's that's the thing. I always knew I had something in me. Did the confidence come around when you got that pro or that amateur debut win? Or when did that confidence finally come in and you believed that this would be what happened to you in your career? Man, there was, um, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, some teammates in here. So Marcus, my coach, right? He's crazy. We did... Uh, we did, like, some tournament-style stuff to get on the fight team, little gloves and everything, like, actual fight, referee, everything. So, honestly, it's like, it was like an unsanctioned fight. Like, I, it's almost like I had nine fights because I fought three guys 
that same day to get on the team. And before I fought, my coach came to me. He's like, nervous? I'm like, yeah. He's like, good. That means you want to win. And when he said that, I'm like, all right, then I guess I'm not a punk. All right, cool. So beat those guys. I'm like, I'm like, damn. What is what are these? I'm actually pretty you know? And then um so I like there was a couple pros I sparred in the cage and like I flatlined them, like I, I knocked them out. Like flatline. You know what I'm saying? Early in my amateur career I was so wild. All I did was knock out, like, because I was wild. I was trying to hurt you with my power, man. Then I sparred Alexa, and he probably might not admit it, but I feel like he has some animosity towards me because I, when, when I, I sparred his brother, I mean, I fought his brother to get on the team, and he kept shooting takedowns on me, but I would underhook and, like, throw him to the side and, like, it hurt his knee, and then I came down with, like, some hammer fists. And they like, no, no, no. So when me and him sparred, he was not playing with my ass. You know, he – so my coach my coach saw me flatlining the other guys. They made me spar Alexa. Man, shit. So we sparring. He hit me hard. I'm hitting him hard. This is the first time I got my bell rung in my life. Dip, came up, left hook, right hand, didn't – see a right hand coming, thought it was going to be done at the left hook. Left hook, right hand, wow. Fell on the cage. Everything was like, great. You know, and coach was like, stop! And he was he like, fuck that. He's not stopping. And I saw it, like, he's not stopping. So, I, I started fighting, like, with whatever I had, you know? Because I knock on wood. I haven't had my shit run that often though, but um even since then. But when when I saw him coming in, I'm like, I gotta fight. You know, I gotta keep going. So, you know, I I, I stayed on my feet, you know what I'm saying? I made it to the end of the round and my coach was like, Man, that's what I'm fucking talking about, you know what I'm saying? And from there my confidence shot through the fucking roof, bro. Because I'm saying this dude is such a tough fighter. And just the evolution, coming to training every day, getting better, beating people that used to whip my ass better in certain positions that I was weak at, just always consistently getting better and better and better is what, like, kept making the confidence more and more and more, you know. And then Golden Gloves, I got I got dropped, you know, for the first time in competition. First and only time. The dude, I was coming in, double jab, this into the third round. I'm about to throw this right hand. And the dude catches me, boop, and like everybody was like, "Oh!" And in my head, I'm like, "Oh shit, this dude just got me, bruh. And like I fell to a knee, and like I held onto the rope. I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Bro, get up, get up!" But the body would not, like the your body don't listen to you. You know what I'm saying? You telling it what to do. It's like sleep paralysis. Get up, and it's like no. And then like. The the dude he did the he did the count and I popped up, you know I'm like finally, bro. I'm like I'm talking to myself. I'm like man, you tripping, bro? So he count. I'm like man, come on, I'm good. Dude come in trying to knock me out and I'm like nah, bro. Like I'm I'm on point to show. So you know I grabbed him just to make sure I was cool and then we was back boxing. You know I I I put him um I put his back to against the ropes again.
So all of that just adds to the confidence. It's like I, I get in a tough position and I make it through. I can bet on myself. You know what I'm saying? If if even if I'm nervous as hell, I know I'm still gonna perform good. I'm betting on myself. If I get hurt real bad, I'm gonna bet on myself because I know that I can fight through it. You know? Man, like I said, I could eat up these gym stories all day, and your backstory is truly incredible, man. Uh, once again, this is Walter Scotty Sysevain with us on Forged in Ohio. Just a few more for you. I know we opened by talking about your pro debut, and you know it's better than being one and zero, being two and zero. So when do you think you're going to be in there next? Man, listen, um, I, I told Case Thunder to just call me, man. I, I want to get on that December sixteenth card down at the Civic. Uh, at the Civic Center down in Canton, you know, I want to be on that card. Hopefully there's a lot of us strong style guys and we'll all be showing you love. I'm going to make sure that they do. You know what I'm saying? We're all going to be showing you love. But, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm already back in the gym. I, I took a week, but I was still coming in just to watch the guys spar. I'm back on the floor sparring. You know, I'm going to live the life of a martial artist for the rest of my life. This is just going to be me. You know, this is that and prayer. These are the two things that are always going to be in my life. You know, one day if I stop doing MMA, I'm going to roll into jujitsu. Once I'm finished and can't do jujitsu anymore, I'm going to be coaching now. You know what I'm saying? But this is going to be my life forever. Yeah, for sure, man. So Cage Thunder 24, December 16th from the Canton Civic Center. How exciting is the thought of just fighting in that arena and having so many fans there in attendance watching you fight? Bro. I'm a performer, man. Like, I do my best in front of big crowds. Like, I didn't know that about myself, but I like people watching me. I'm not a big talker. I'm a big doer. You know what I'm saying? I love getting in there, mixing it up in front of people. And, man, that's going to be crazy just having all, all those people watching me. I don't even know how, like, it's going to affect me. I, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I haven't wrestled like Chase where he's already been in front of hell of people you know what i'm saying it's gonna be my first time but you know hopefully the result just remains the same man knock them down and move on to that next one you know i want to i want to um get all the experience that i can and then get I, I, i'm looking to get on that contender series man, man asap for real yeah how active yeah. are you trying to be now that you are pro and the pro debut is under your belt oh man i, I want to be as active as possible three or four fights a year if i can do you know, that's 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 something that I'm looking forward to. So we're going to do these two back to back. And then I think I'm going to take um, a little bit of time to develop my skill set, you know, um, and just kind of rest the body a little bit and then get after it again. You know, um, hopefully I can if I can get to five by September of next year, I'll be happy. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, like, bro, y'all got to call me, man. I need that contender series fight because I'll be watching this shit. And I'm like, bro, before I didn't, I, before I used to watch it and be like, damn, like, them guys is good. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm like, bro, no. Like, bro, watch me. So, you know, but I got to round the skill set out and work on some things that I really want to work on and improve on. And then, yeah, they're going to call me. They're going to call me for sure. How many fights do you think it'll take for you to reach that big stage and potentially get on the contender series? Four or five, man. Yeah. Real. Real. And I used to have a slogan when I first started my amateur career. It was always let that dog out. You know, um, 
But when I suffered my first loss, it was because I was only focused on that dog. I wasn't smart, you know. So I kind of put the dog in the cage, put it on the leash. It's time to let him back out, though. That bitch got to come back out. I haven't been fighting like that, and a lot of guys haven't been seeing that. But, yeah, it's time. It's, it's about to be scary hours in a minute, for real. Yeah, I love it, and I'm looking forward to it. Is that your biggest goal in your career right now, to make it to the UFC, to make it to the Contender Series? Yeah, that, yes. that's Right now, yes, that's my biggest goal is to have <laughs> UFC printed, you know, on my shorts next to my name. You know what I'm saying? That's like me and my granddad used to watch that shit together. You know, and I always used to tell him when I was young, like, well, granddad, I can do, I can beat them. Like, you know, granted, that was like back in like the Rampage days, Sugar Rashad Evans and all them. Like, you know, people weren't as good as like we are today. You know what I'm saying? But hell yeah, I want to get there, man. I want to, I, I want people to be able to watch me. I want to see myself high perform on that series and. You know, I want to I wanna add some flavor, man, to the middleweight division. You know what I'm saying? I know when I come in, they go, oh, John Jones. Oh, uh, Izzy. I take it all, man. All those guys are great. So I'll take it all. But y'all going to know Walter Sides today, bro, in a minute. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, man. And what are some of your other goals in your career? I know making it to the UFC right now is probably number one, but I've talked to some fighters that like to write them down. Have you thought about how your career might play out long term? Nah, I haven't. Um, I think it's pretty sad, but I think this is the first time I actually thought about it. I just be doing, I just be doing this shit, man. Um, I think I'd like to be champion, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to fight in Africa. You know what I'm saying? When the hell are we going to do that? Like, that would be nuts. You know what I'm saying? like to get on the main card, pay-per-views, you know? Um, yeah, bro, I haven't really thought about that shit. If you, it's crazy. Next time we do this, I'll have better answers for you. But, um, yeah, yeah, I haven't thought about that shit at all. I've just been focused on training, yeah. man. want to get at a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's what my focus is right now. Right. Living in the present, man. I totally get it. And, you know, I feel like going to Africa for the UFC has been a thing for a while now. So maybe by the time you get there in a year or so, the timing could work out for that. So that would be pretty cool as well. Well, before we wrap up, um, anything you want to shout out, whether it be social media handles, sponsors, things going on at Strong Style, man, the floor is yours. Hey, um, thanks, everybody, for supporting me. I promise you one thing. Anytime I step in that cage, I'm going to give you my all. There's not going to be let, nothing left at the gym or at home. I'm coming in there 100% committed and focused. Otherwise, I'm not stepping into that cage. Shout out to uh, Strong Style MMA. Shout out Forged in Ohio. Um, shout out to Cage Thunder. Um, all you guys for supporting me and just having my back. Shout out to this guy hitting the back, putting that work in. He fucking distracted me, but, um, and shout out, uh, Scotty's Project, LLC. Um, this was named after my brother, he passed away, um, was killed due to gun violence, you know, um, and God rest his soul. Um, so yeah, um, wants to support me. Um, I'm definitely open to him, man. So yeah, thanks for having me, bro. And anytime you need me, whatever you need from me, you know, you know, um, I'll get it done. And I'll put the bug in Steve Bay's ear again. I, I, I'll be seeing him either tomorrow, and I'll make sure you guys can get together. 
Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for just joining me on the show. I think you're one of the brightest up and comers in the state of Ohio. And I can't wait to see how you build off that pro debut. I got to ask for one more thing before I let you go. I always end these chats here on Forge in Ohio with the OHIO chant. So, OH. I.O. Yes, sir. Thanks, Walter. Thanks again for joining me. It was a pleasure to watch you fight in person earlier this month, and let's do this again after another fight or two, man. Anytime, brother. Just let me know, man. Thanks for having me, bro. That was Walter Scotty Cy Savane, the 1-0 professional mixed martial artist. He had an impressive amateur career going 5-1 with an amateur title, and now will attempt to start a winning streak in what will be his second pro fight. Hopefully that comes sooner rather than later as the Ohio MMA scene thrives when you have young, talented fighters like Walter stay active. I can't thank him enough for coming on the show, and I can't thank you enough for watching on YouTube or listening on the audio side. Don't forget to download episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and go subscribe to the Forged in Ohio YouTube channel. You can also find the podcast on both Instagram and Facebook at Forged in Ohio as well. Thanks again for watching or tuning in. I've been your host, Jake Murin, and this was Forged in Ohio.